Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Wiped off my 243 and fired up my Dodge. Hit it. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors, and we're doing our recipe show tonight. If you're just joining the broadcast here in the second hour, we've had some fantastic recipes called in already this evening. The numbers for you to call your favorite recipe in are 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. I do want to remind you, and I think it's very appropriate to do so, that uh, my shows are archived here at whas.com on podcast. You go to whas.com, there'll be a search bar at the top that says podcasts. When you hit that, it'll go to the various programs that are available, um, prominently displayed there under Jim Strader Outdoors, and you can bring them up by date or title. Uh, several folks have asked me, well, where are some of your older shows? We archive them back a little more than a year normally. reason I'm bringing all this up, I understand these recipes are hard to hold in your head. So by listening to them on podcasts, you can do it at your leisure and write the the ingredients down. If you are just joining the show, you may want to have a pen and pencil handy to write down some of the ingredients and then make some little notes. But... At any rate, they'll be available for you here at whas.com, as will most of my shows going back over the past year or so. Um, I'm going to stay on the waterfowl theme since we had a great goose recipe run by us here at the end of the hour, and it is very, very simple one. It's probably one of my favorites, and it, it uh, revolves around duck. And it's primarily designed for mallard, but it'll work on wood ducks, teal, etc. But you have to vary the cooking time if you're going with smaller ducks than a mallard. For instance, uh, you know, just in your mind, look at that breast and determine in your mind how much smaller it is. A teal would normally only be cooked at the most half of the time I'm recommending for a mallard breast. Uh, wood duck 
about two thirds, if you will. I and mean, I'll I'll give the times I use for mallard, but the key to this is to pluck the duck, the breast, and when you cut the breast out, leave the skin on it. The skin adds a tremendous amount of flavor. It also keeps the meat from getting seared the way the skin will be with this cooking method, and it adds a tremendous amount of richness to the flavor of the meat and the condiments that that I use. And this, this recipe is about as simple as it gets. Take anywhere from two to four, whatever number of duck breasts, and coat them with a mixture of butter and a third olive oil. You add the olive oil to the butter to keep it from scorching. Uh, butter does not have as high uh, resistance to heat as some other oils, and olive oil is obviously very good for you and added to the butter does great. About a third or 50-50, whatever your your taste may be, but as you know, butter has its own taste, and I've never met a good cook that didn't incorporate butter some way <laughs> into the recipes. After you coat those with that mixture of olive oil and butter, sprinkle it, sprinkle it with coarse salt. And I sprinkle it fairly liberally. I don't overdo it, but I find that coarse salt will adhere to the meat well and seep down in it and give it a great flavor. And then I dust them with garlic pepper. Garlic pepper is available at almost any good grocery store, and and it adds that, that garlic flavor in addition to spicing it a bit. All right, I take those and I put them on a, a baking pan, a slotted baking pan, or, or into the bottom of a pan. Either way, you could use an aluminum pan, whatever you got there. And you broil for 10 minutes on low broil, and you want to have those breasts at least four to six inches from the heat elements. In other words, you don't want them right up there against the heat. You want them approximately four to six inches below the direct heat. And, again, it's on low broil with the oven uh, open. You want to have the oven door open, but you want to be centered under those that broiler. And uh, you do that for ten minutes. After ten minutes, you take it out. Set it to the side. Don't touch them. Don't cut them. Don't do anything. Then put the oven on bake at 375. And at 375, if you bake them 8 to 10 minutes at 375, I usually spoon the drippings back over them as I put them in the oven. Again, uh, anywhere from 8 to 10 minutes, depending on the size of the the mallard, if it's, it's a big duck with a lot of fat, I'd, I'd go for the 10, uh, 8 minutes for a medium-sized mallard. And it will come out as beautifully pink and medium-rare as anything you ever ate. Here's the key to this. Duck that's cooked this way tastes as good to me as any filet mignon I've ever had in a restaurant. It's got a hearty flavor. The mixture of these condiments that I mentioned seem to – complement each other in a way that's, that's just beyond compare. And then what I do, I take them out, I let them sit for at least five minutes so the juices are retained into the meat, and then I reserve those drippings from the pan to be used as an au jus uh, as you eat the duck. And it, it, it literally tastes like beef filet, but better. Uh, the skin has a delicious flavor to it, and it's seared to where mixed with that medium rare meat, it's just 
Bon Appetit, I'm telling you. It's really, really good. I love to serve that with uh, uh, wild rice or white rice, either way. And incidentally, those drippings flavor that in a way that's about to die for. And any type of a green vegetable goes with that. Uh, I'm fond of uh, buttered broccoli, and broccoli mixed with the rest of that makes a hearty meal that's absolutely knockout delicious. So um, that's an easy duck recipe, one that I wanted to pass along because it's one of my favorites. But, again, the key is pluck the duck. Incidentally, when you're plucking a duck, a lot of people make the mistake of plucking towards the head, and that tends to rip the skin. You need to pluck the duck breast and or the duck itself if you're going to keep it whole by pulling down where the uh, quill of the feather is coming straight out. That keeps it from ripping the skin. Just a little little tip for you there. So there's a duck recipe that uh, those of you who have a bunch of ducks in the freezer might want to try. With a wood duck, I'd cut those times back again. Uh, with a woody, I'd probably have it under the broiler for about eight minutes. If it was a teal, a very small duck, I'd probably cut it back to six. Uh, and I'd cut the time at 375 way back too. But again, for a mallard, 10 minutes on low broil, four inches from the heat, and bake at 375 for 8 to 10 minutes, depending on the size of the mallard. All right, folks, the numbers tonight to share your recipes, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by my friends at SMI Marine. Go see Tim Addington and his staff. They're fresh back from the boat show, got some deals. Uh, They've got some trade-in boats over there now, and – they're keen to see you and help you get your boat ready for spring if you need work done. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. If your house was on fire, the most precious possession you would save first would undoubtedly be your family pet. Next to family, they're one of the most important parts of our lives, and that's exactly why I trust my pet's health and happiness to Dr. Kurt Oliver and his staff at Linden Animal Clinic. I know firsthand Dr. Oliver's surgical and diagnostic skills are extraordinary, just what you need when your pet's in need. From the time his nurturing staff greets you at the door, you'll know that Linden Animal Clinic is the place to trust with your pets, just like I trust them with mine. Linden Animal Clinic, 1000 Linden Lane, 425-5834, or check them out at lindenanimalclinic.com. Gun World, an archery pro shop in Corydon, Indiana, is ready to help you with all of your firearm and archery needs. The new bows from Matthews, Hoyt, Elite, Bowtech, and Bear are in, and their pro staff is eager to help tune and accessorize your equipment. They also carry 10-point Excalibur, PSE, Parker, and Barnett crossbows. They're stocked up with loads of new deer rifles that meet the specs for Indiana's new deer hunting regulations, too. Gun World and Archery Pro Shop, Highway 62 North in Corydon, across from John Deere. Hey, we're, we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Speaking of slow traffic, we had a caller give us a tip that there's a wreck on the northbound 2nd Street Bridge. Northbound on 2nd Street, so you may want to choose an alternate route uh, 
They just called that in, and thank you for letting us know about that. Numbers tonight to share recipes, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484, which is exactly what Larry called from Bloomfield that has a recipe. Hey, Larry, how you doing? I'm good. Yourself? I'm doing just fine, sir. I'm getting hungry, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> I hear you. I've, I've done eight, but uh, I didn't want to bore anybody with recipes because i got all kinds of recipes, and everybody else does, too. But I wanted to, to let everybody know that they can take any type of vinegar, red wine vinegar and apple cider vinegar is what I use, and they can play with the amounts. But any vinegar that they put in their marinade will break down the fibers of any meat, and it will, marinate, or it will uh, make it just as tender as can be. I usually put a tablespoon of red wine vinegar in with just about any kind of like venison or whatever that I make and in about 12 hours in the refrigerator in like a just milk marinade with some spices or whatever in it will uh, break down the fibers of that meat to where it's just super, super tender. They don't have to go through all the commotions of cooking it down or frying it and then baking it and all this other stuff. Well, that that's a great idea, Larry. I'll, while you're on here, I'll, I'll tell you how I do it, and it's very similar to what you're describing but i got a few other things i add um my favorite marinade for most types of game consists of zesty italian dressing because it's got the garlic and the onion and the oil and the, and what have you in it and i i love apple cider vinegar and I'll, I'll put a pretty good splash or two in there to help break that meat down and then and then i'll spice it up with worcestershire sauce and put enough in there to turn it about the color of a, a light iced tea color, if you will. Right. And I love to marinate my meat in Ziploc bags in the refrigerator because it just, you know, you can slosh it around and move it a time or two during the process. And, and uh, as you mentioned, that's good on duck, venison, deer, you name it. it. It's really good. And sometimes, depending on what I'm cooking, and uh, I'm going to mention recipe utilizing that since you led the way with this. I'll add a, a teaspoon or two of brown sugar to it as well. Right, there's, right, right. There's something about that sweetness that makes that flavor pop. And uh, yep. it's uh, it's really, really good that way. And you're right, exactly right. Vinegar is a very important component to most types of marinades. Sometimes I'll use lemon juice, but I find that vinegar does a better job overall. Yeah, the more the more vinegar you that you use, the the better that it breaks down the meat fibers. So. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate that, Larry. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank. You. While we're on that subject, I'll repeat that marinade very quickly, and I'm going to talk about grilled venison because I love it cooked that way. It's just one of my favorite things in life, and this is primarily for a backstrap, or a venison steak. I like to cut it about three-quarters of an inch to an inch thick. I like to marinate it in that marinade, which, again, is zesty Italian dressing, uh, apple cider vinegar, uh, a splash or two, a pretty generous splash or two, and uh Sometimes I'll put a little brown sugar in it for the venison I do. I put a tablespoon or two of brown sugar in there, and then I'll add Worcestershire sauce to turn it about the color of iced tea. Uh, You know, you don't want it too dark, but it really flavors it up extremely well. And I like to throw some Cajun seasoning in with that. Uh, And I'll 
uh, sprinkle that pretty liberally in there. It adds a little bit of salt along with the Worcestershire has a little salt in it, but it also gives it a little pep or wang uh, to flavor it. And I'll marinate that those pieces of venison in there anywhere from one to two hours if it's not refrigerated, or you can marinate it overnight if you wish. And I like to cook them on a grill that's covered the whole time. I'll take them out of the marinade, place them on a medium heat grill, and I like to add some wood chips so it smokes, but the marinade drippings will do a pretty good job of that. And I like to have the vents on the uh, grill fairly well closed where that smoke's really gathering on that meat. And I'll cook it for about four minutes to each side uh, and and flip it over, and it will come out of there medium rare. And the combination of those flavors with that venison is absolutely awesome. Um, it's a simple recipe. The key to it is don't overcook it. Uh, if there's any doubt in your mind, pull one off and slice it and see how it's done. And if if it's still uh, not done enough, take that one and re-dip it in the marinade and flip it over to that other side. But uh, about four to five minutes to a side is plenty to cook a piece of venison backstrap or steak that's been marinated like that. Let's go to Gene, who's calling from Lexington with a recipe. Yes, Gene? Yeah, good evening. Enjoying your show. Thank you, sir. This is an old Ted Trueblood duck recipe. Okay. Who was a outdoor writer 50, 60 years ago. I remember him well. And this is a uh, uh, recipe for the caveman, pretty much. It's simple. <laughs> good. Uh, I, I'll take a, a whole whole bird, and it takes me a bourbon drink and 30 minutes to clean one mallard. All right. So if I kill three or four, I'm in trouble. Um, anyway, so I take you stick a bird in preheat your oven to 500 degrees and put your bird in the oven for 20 minutes. And that's and then bring it out. It's as simple as that. Okay. Use any types of seasoning, or do you put oil on it, or just well, stick you it can, in there? No, no oil because you you need to have a well ventilated oven because it's going to smoke. Right. So just put that mallard in. And of course, a smaller duck might be twenty minutes, but put that mallard in for five at five hundred degrees for twenty minutes, and it comes out medium rare and it's just absolutely delicious. The skin is crispy, and you can season it to whatever you like, but be careful with any oils or butter because that's going to going to flash at that temperature. Yes, sir. All but right. it's a very simple, and if someone's in a hurry, it's 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 it sounds too simple to be good, but it is extremely delicious. I've had it done very similarly to that. I use a four seventy five temperature. About the same time frame you're you're talking about there, Gene, and and uh, it does work extremely well. There's several type of oils. I usually coat mine. Coconut oil has a very high flash point, and at 475, uh, it won't give you too many problems. And I just put a light coating on there because I like to use the garlic pepper and and coarse salt on the bird for flavorings. But like you mentioned, I've had them done just the way you're talking about. And they are delicious. So I right. I, I, Normally, there's enough fat on a large mallard to to provide plenty of taste. Yes, sir. So, but anyway, but that's just a very, very simple recipe for someone who's in a hurry, and uh, like myself. So, I, <laughs> anyway, I understand. Good. Very, very good. I appreciate that, sir. All right, I'm going to give a 
venison chili recipe here real quick. I hope I can get through it before we go to break. It's really simple. A pound of ground venison, preferably uh, that's got uh, pork or uh, hamburger, something added to it. You brown that in the skillet, pour off the, the drippings, add a can of kidney beans, a can of black beans, a can of pinto beans, two cans of sweet corn, two cups of water, one package of taco mix, dry taco mix, one package of dry Hidden Valley Ranch mix, put it in the pot. I like to cook it covered, and I'm telling you, it is absolutely knockout good. I love to serve it with cornbread and uh, use a regular cornbread recipe, but add some sweet corn to that cornbread, and it'll be the most moist, sweet-tasting cornbread you've ever had. Again, real simple, a pound of ground venison, one can of kidney beans, one can of black beans, one can of pintos, two cans of sweet corn, two cups of water, one package of taco mix, one package of dry Hidden Valley Ranch mix, and I like to sprinkle a little Worcestershire sauce uh, in there for some flavoring, and it's it's absolutely knockout delicious, and it'll feed Six people easy. This is a great recipe for those of you who might be looking forward to Super Bowl. Cornbread and venison chili sounds pretty good to me. All right, we got to go to break here, folks. Call in your recipe. Numbers 571-8484, 1-800-444-8484. The break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Call Paul Thomas. He's got tons of listings for you to look at, and he'll be glad to List your property as well. Check them out, mophartrealty.com. After decades of abusing my teeth by using them to clamp sinkers on fishing line or using them to cut my line when I was in a hurry, time had taken its toll. I had cracked and chipped several teeth, and it got to the point where I was almost embarrassed to smile. Not a good thing for a guy who's got a lot to smile about. That's where I asked my hunting partner and dentist, Dr. David O'Banion, to step in. As a colonel in the National Guard with tours of duty in Iraq, Egypt, and Central America, Dr. O'Banion has performed dental procedures all over the world. David used his extraordinary dental skills to repair my chipped and broken teeth so they actually look better than ever. Dr. David O'Banion does all types of family dentistry, surgery, and implants. I highly recommend him to help brighten your smile. His office is located in Middletown, a short hop off of Gene Snyder. Give him a call at 245-3707. That's 245-3707. This is Gary Roman. Whenever I'm on Jim's show, I get lots of questions like, what shotgun should I buy? What handgun is best for personal protection? Or what is the best scope for my rifle? There's only one sure answer. Come see us at Firearm Service Center, the one place to go to solve all your firearms problems. Purchase guns, ammo, holsters, and supplies. Whether it's your first firearm or your next custom-built gun, service or repair, come see us at Firearm Service Center, Bardstown Road, in the Eastland Shopping Center, Louisville, Kentucky, or visit us on the web at firearmservice.com. For personal service, there's only one, Firearm Service Center. Hey, welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors Recipe Show. Numbers to call in your recipe. 
571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Going to change gears here. You fishermen out there probably thought I was going to forget about you, but I haven't. Because, man, do I love to eat fresh fish. There's a lot of way to do them. Everybody's kind of got their own recipes, but I'm going to lay some on you that are a little different. Perhaps might add to your repertoire as a fish cooker supreme, if you will. And they're extremely easy. One of them is baked fish in the oven on a uh, cooking sheet or in an aluminum pan of some sort that's suitable for placing you under the broiler. And this one's so simple, it's it's just really stupid. You take the fillets. This is great, incidentally, for uh, bluegill and crappie. It's really good for uh, smaller bass if uh, you happen to have some of those. Uh, if you're using catfish, catfish is really good this way too, but you got to trim off all the red meat. No red meat left on the catfish fillet at all, and you need to cut it into pieces about the size of a filleted bluegill. And, again, this is for filleted fish of all types. Coat with mayonnaise. Sprinkle it with lemon pepper and seasoned salt. Broil it about four inches from the heat under the broiler with the oven door partially open approximately 10 minutes or until it's fork tender. Again, all you do is coat the fillets with mayonnaise, very light coating of mayonnaise on both sides. Sprinkle them with lemon pepper and seasoned salt. Uh, You can add a little garlic powder to this. Garlic does tend to flavor them up real good. You don't want to overdo it, just a real light sprinkling of it. And uh, cook it about four to six inches from the heat in an electric oven, 10 minutes or until it's fork tender. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed in that. Catfish. A lot of people malign catfish because either A, the catfish they've eaten hadn't been prepared properly in the cleaning process, or they don't realize that it's a different consistency and actually uh, has a whole different flavor and texture than a lot of the types of fish. I love good catfish. Uh, I take time out every year to put a bunch of them in the freezer, and the key to it is when you fillet them, you have to get every bit of red meat off of that fillet. It takes a very sharp fillet knife, and you just slice it off until you got a good white uh, fillet there to deal with. This is similar to the other recipe, but this is going to be fried catfish. This one's going to surprise you a little bit, but, man, is it good. Take the catfish fillets and light coat them with mayonnaise again. People ask me why I use mayonnaise. I'll tell you why. Egg wash to me is a pain to prepare. It doesn't really stick to or adhere to the fillets as well as the mayonnaise does, and I love the flavoring that it imparts with the frying process on a lot of these types of of critters, and it just works real well for me. Um, You know, all I got to do is pull the jar out, slap it on there, and I'm ready to roll. Next thing I do is I use... Uh, seasoned salt and lemon pepper on the filet, and then I roll it in panko crumbs, P-A-N-K-O. I'm sure you all are probably familiar with panko. The mayonnaise does a tremendous job of making that panko stick to the fish. 
and I like to brown them in whatever type of oil you prefer. Canola oil does real, real well. My favorite for frying fish happens to be lard. Uh, it's a flavor thing, and they've proven now, finally, that lard is a very digestible uh, animal fat, and I wouldn't want to eat it every day, but it sure imparts good flavor, or you can use whatever kind of oil that you would like. But catfish fillets prepared that way are awesome. So are uh, any other types of flaky fish. Uh, white bass fillets are excellent that way. Again, with a white bass, though, you have to trim off that red meat. It's very, very important to do that. I'm going to give you another broiled fish recipe that is pretty unusual, and it really has a good flavor to it. It starts out with half a cup of grated Parmesan cheese. Uh, the Parmesan cheese adds some flavor and does an excellent job of, of helping this brown up in, in, in parts of flavor that's really unusual. And you want to put about three or four tablespoons of cornmeal. Mix it with that. Put in some paprika, uh, enough pepper for whatever your taste might be. I use black pepper for this. Uh, a little bit of Cajun pepper or red pepper is good if you like a little wang. And use some uh, cooking spray on a sheet. You combine the Parmesan cheese, the cornmeal, the paprika, the pepper, and a little bit of salt, uh, coarse salt is what I like to add to this. And you take the fillets and you shake them up in this in a, in a uh, Ziploc bag so you're coating with the cheese and the meal mixture. And then you put those fillets on a, on a broiler pan that's been sprayed so they don't stick. And again, broil it about four to six inches from the heat with the door open. Again, about ten minutes until it's fork tender. That Parmesan cheese mixed with the uh, three to four tablespoons of cornmeal makes a crunchiness to that that's very dissimilar to the previous broiled recipe I gave you and, and uh, is is quite a hit. I've got a buddy of mine from Georgia. His name's Bill Evans. He's been on the program with me, and if you follow me on Facebook, you've probably seen his uh, pictures there because we hunt and fish together all over the place, have for about 30-something years now. Bill is uh, not afraid to experiment with cooking. Let me put it to you that way. And he has a recipe for fish fillets, especially uh, fillets of something that's fairly flaky like catfish or uh, hybrid stripers, for example. And again, with these fish, you got to get the red meat off, folks. If you don't, it's going to be strong. You you pare it down to where it's a good, clean white fillet. It's about as good to eat as anything you ever tasted. Now, this one's going to sound way out there, but it is really good. You take those fillets and cut them in pieces about the size of a crappie fillet, for example. And you marinate that in French dressing, just plain old table dressing, French dressing. And you take goldfish, those cheese crackers, goldfish. You powder those up real good. You take those fillets, you know, kind of shake the excess uh, dressing off of them and coat them well in that, in those uh, goldfish cheese crackers. 
and then fry them in your favorite oil. I can't really explain the taste to you. It's got a sweetness and a and a coating that's crunchy, and it's it's so different that it's something that I think if you ever try it, it'll be a welcome variation to your regular fried fish recipes, and it's something that I really, really enjoy as a change of pace from time to time. Let's talk about stripers because they're their own kind of fish, in my estimation. They're different than, say, bass or crappie or bluegill, certainly. And this applies to hybrid stripers as well. Um, This is kind of a lengthy recipe, but it's really not that hard to to put together if you listen closely to what I'm going to say. You take the fillets, and they should be cut into pieces, oh, I don't know, four to five inches square, let's say. And uh, you need some butter-flavored vegetable spray, tablespoon of lemon juice, a small onion minced. I like sweet onions. A third a cup of white wine. You want about three pounds of these these uh, fillets, incidentally. A quarter cup of, or excuse me, quarter pound of fresh mushrooms, some garlic, uh, preferably. I like the minced garlic that comes in a jar, and you use a tablespoon of that. Some parsley, six, six tablespoons of butter, three tablespoons of flour, one half cup of milk, and some either grated. Cheddar cheese or the Parmesan cheese that I mentioned before. Uh, You butter a a baking dish, add the lemon juice, onion, and wine. Put the fillets in and cover with a lid. You use that in a preheated oven at 350 for about 12 or 15 minutes. This is to get it tender and make sure that it's going to be properly prepared. Keep the fillets warm. Strain the liquid and set it aside. Then you saute the mushrooms the garlic, and what have you in the butter for three or four minutes over medium heat, just enough to get it where it's got a good consistency. And then you stir in the flour and cook it for a minute. You remove that from the heat, stir in the milk, cream, and one-half cup of that broth that uh, you developed earlier with the wine and what have you. You return it to the heat and cook it until the sauce starts to thicken. Then add some fish stock or water. Salt and pepper, stir in and melt the cheese, and then pour the sauce over the fillets. And then you brown that under a broiler. Again, the broiler should be approximately four to six inches from the fillets. I know that was a little complicated, but I can tell you it is awesome. It's a real different way of preparing them. There's something about that flakiness and the texture of stripers and hybrids that cook this way, and that cream. Uh, mixture with the cheese and the onion and the vegetable spray and the mushrooms and the garlic. It's just, it, it's killer. It really is. I got to go to break here, folks. The number is 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by my friends at SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road. Go see them. Remember, you never get soaked at SMI. I don't know anyone who loves the outdoors who doesn't have a dream property in the back of their mind. It might be a secluded cabin on a river or stream, a small farm with lakes or ponds teeming with fish, or a wildlife management property with mixed timber and farm ground 
loaded with deer, turkey, and other wildlife. Paul Thomas and his family at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty can make all these dreams come true. They've been doing so for 36 years. Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty is located in Munfordville, right in the heart of Central Kentucky's fish and wildlife mecca. They specialize in recreation properties, farms, and lake and riverfront getaways. Make your dreams a reality. Give Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty a call at 270-524-1980 or check them on the web at mophartrealty.com. That's mophartrealty.com. I'm very passionate about wildlife. That's why I've teamed up with two extremely talented and knowledgeable wildlife managers, Shane and Caleb Butler, to form a new company, Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Our team has more than 80 years combined experience doing habitat evaluations, food plot and warm season grass plantings, and hands-on management to make all your wildlife dreams come true. Check us out on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions or call us at 270-537-5739. We're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. If you got a recipe for us, 571-8484, All right, you beagle boys, you rabbit hunters out there, I got a couple of rabbit recipes here. This one actually will work with squirrel or rabbit, and it's simple. A lot of you probably are familiar with it, but I'm going to give you my particular twist on it and that is crock pot rabbit or squirrel uh, you cut the squirrel or rabbit into pieces i.e the legs and backs soak them overnight preferably in some salt water then uh, take them pat them dry put the meat down in the crock pot add a medium chopped onion some thyme this part's going to seem weird, but it's a great flavoring. About a third a cook, cup of uncooked smoked bacon, preferably the thick bacon. It adds a flavor that's just about to die for. Uh, some mushrooms, one cup of beef bouillon, one cup of sour cream, two tablespoons of lemon juice, and flour. All right, put the meat in the crock pot, add the onion, the bacon, the mushrooms, the beef bouillon. Cook six to eight hours on a low heat. And you'll need to watch it, make sure that it doesn't cook down too much. But six to eight hours on low heat or five to six on high if you're in a hurry. But I prefer the the slower cooking method. After that period of time, remove the meat and add sour cream, lemon juice, and enough flour to thicken it. Pour the sauce over the meat and serve it. You can add, and I do frequently add, quartered up red potatoes. I love uh, quartered up turnips with this and a can of green beans. It really, really makes for a, a hearty winter meal. And I, I like to use some baby carrots, too. So if you want to use the carrots, et cetera, you just put it in there with all the other ingredients and, again, allow it to cook for five to six hours on low heat on the on the crock pot or 
four to five on the on high. I'd give it at least five probably uh, on high, but I like to start mine on high to get it rolling for the first hour, and then I cut it back to the low heat. That's a little trick that I use. Um, fried rabbit, as we all know, there's a ton of ways to do that. Um, one thing I would like to pass along because it does a great job of coating the rabbit, and that is the use of mayonnaise on the backs and the legs. Uh, that coating of mayonnaise will make the whatever kind of uh, flour or whatever you like to use, and it does a great job of making it stick, and it browns up extremely well when it's on there like that. And I like to cook them on a low to medium heat, turning them frequently. I find that adding some garlic powder uh, to your flour mixture, whatever it may be, does a great job of, of spicing that up a little bit. I want to give you a recipe here for some baked rabbit in the oven. And this one's, again, very, very easy. And there's a lot of variations to this one. I'll give you two quick ones. Uh, take a couple of rabbits, cut them up into pieces, um, quarter some potatoes. I like red potatoes, and I leave the skin on them. Put them in about quarter-inch uh, slices after you quarter them. Uh, some baby carrots or some regular carrots peeled and sliced. I like to use the baby carrots. I just like them better. Uh, add two packages of onion soup mix and take the, the uh, rabbit and cook it in a pressure cooker for about eight minutes. Uh, take the, the rabbit out, put it in a casserole dish, cover the rabbit with a layer of the potatoes and a layer of carrots. Mix that soup mix. Again, it's two packages of onion soup mix. Uh, mix that with hot water and pour it over the rabbit and vegetables and bake it at 350 for about two hours, two and a half hours if uh, you got more than two rabbits. But 350 for two hours seems to work out real well for me. Um, here's another rabbit recipe real quick. Cut the rabbit into pieces. You want to have two to three rabbits for this. I like to use the uh, garlic, uh, the minced garlic that you can get in a jar. Uh, one can of spicy V8, one cup of water, one cup of cider vinegar, a half a cup of ketchup, and a half a cup of sweet baby Ray's hickory smoked barbecue sauce, a quarter cup of butter, and uh, put the rabbit pieces in the pan, combine all those other ingredients, and boil it for eight minutes. Pour the sauce over the rabbit, cover it completely, and bake it uncovered at 250 for three hours and turn it occasionally. It is a killer way to have barbecued rabbit in the oven. It tenderizes it and is really, really delicious. Really enjoyed the show tonight, folks. I'm glad you asked for it. I'm going home hungry and going to have to whip something up. I'll probably pull out a venison steak and cook it in the skillet like I told you because it's so darn easy. All right, we'll be here next uh, week, same place, same time. 
In the meantime, be careful out there. God bless everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.